Uh, so t- today's message is titled The Servant King. It's part three of our series. Uh, we have a video clip, I believe, to get us going. Why don't you throw that on there, Wilson? No, no, because you like to use hyperbole. Hyperbole? I don't even know what that means. What does that even mean? I, it means I don't like to brag. Okay, okay. There's nothing to brag about. Just, just, <clears throat> just tell them about Felix. <clears throat> okay, well... Um, it was just another day, nothing unusual about it. Just skip all that and tell them about Felix. Well, I can't skip all that. Details are important in the story. Yeah, the only important detail in the story is how God used our little Felix. <laughs> I'm pretty sure that history is going to find everything else more important in this story. <sighs> Jesus rode on our donkey Felix into Jerusalem. <laughs> it's true, he did. He did. Okay, so I was sitting there one day, mending your temple garment. I'm always tripping over that thing. Yeah, (laughs) he's clumsy, (laughs) but he's my clumsy. So I'm sitting there sewing and I look out the window and I see these two guys and they're untying Felix. Yeah, we we generally keep them tied to the fence in the daytime so we don't have to shut the gate, you know, when we come in and out in case we want to take them someplace. We're sharing the details now. Sorry. Okay. So um, I come running outside and I said, hey there, fellas, just just what do you think you're doing? <laughs> hey there, fellas. <laughs> She's a tough cookie, this one, huh? <laughs> Pretty tough. And all they said was, uh, the Lord needs it. That's it, no explanation, no, no, we'll bring him back, no, how much do you want for him, just... The Lord needs it. So I come home from work and I notice that Felix is missing. Mm-hmm. And I'm trying to figure out how I'm going to break the news to him that I let some strangers take our donkey. And that's when we heard all the shouting. Do you remember that? Yeah. Uh, and, and we rush to the door and, and we go outside and, and we just see throngs of people lining the streets. And they're all, they're waving their branches mm-hmm. and they're mm-hmm. saying, Hosanna. Hosanna, blessed is he who comes in the name of the Lord. And guess who is right in the middle of all of it? Jesus. What? (laughs) Well, he he was. I mean, I was just so proud of our Felix. I mean, God used Felix to carry Jesus in the Messiah parade. I'm proud of this woman right here because we got to be used by God that day. Because you said yes. You said yes when everybody else would have said no. By the way, Jesus gave Felix back. Ah, yeah, he did. (laughs) Jesus also borrowed a tomb later that week. He gave that back, too. All right. Good stuff. Good stuff. All right. A little fun on Palm Sunday. Uh, Hopefully, you are like me and uh, have been participating in our Authentic Life Journal journey. And uh, we started officially last week. But if you want to jump on board, you can still grab a copy of these. They're $20. uh, And there's some in Little Current as well as here in Espanol. If you're online, you can order one just by uh, sending us an email. 
And uh, I don't know about you, but I found this thing uh, really great this week. And I've heard some comments and some feedback. And God is challenging us in unique ways. So I, if you haven't started yet, don't worry about it. But just uh, jump in there. And uh, today's your, your off day, right, if you've been doing this. So uh, you can uh, breathe easy today and we'll get back at it tomorrow. So here's my question. Is it Palm Sunday or have we somehow ended up in Narnia where it's always winter? I don't know. I don't know. I don't know. Palm Sunday. This is, if you don't know what Narnia is, then you guys wouldn't laugh at that. But anyways, uh, Palm Sunday. This is the start of Holy Week, a time for us to completely place our attention on the Lord Jesus. Even in 2023, the current year, in case you're wondering, uh, in this post-Christian world, we still ultimately pause because of Jesus, even if some get that mixed up with the Easter Bunny from time to time. We still pause at this time of year for the Lord Jesus. Obviously for us today and always we must place and focus our attention on Jesus. So that's what we're going to do today. So let's read from Mark chapter 11. You can grab your Bible if you have one handy or the words will be on the screen. Mark chapter 11 verses 1 uh, to 11. Uh, you'll, you'll see in our text today. And I'm going to read, and uh, you can follow along. Now, when they drew near to Jerusalem, to Bethpage and Bethany, at the Mount of Olives, Jesus sent two of his disciples and said to them, Go into the village in front of you, and immediately as you enter it, you will find a colt tied on which one has, has, uh, has ever sat. Untie it and bring it. I guess his name is Felix, but anyways, that's not in the Bible. Verse 3, if anyone says to you, why are you doing this? Say, the Lord is need of it, and we'll send it back here immediately. And they went away and found a colt tied at a door outside in the street, and they untied it. And some of those standing there said to them, what are you doing untying the colt? And they told them, that, uh, told them what Jesus had said, and, that, and they let them go. And they brought the colt to Jesus and threw their cloaks on it, and he sat on it. And many spread their cloaks on the road, and others spread leafy branches that they had cut from the fields. And those who went before and those who followed were shouting, Hosanna, blessed is he who comes in the name of the Lord. Blessed is the coming kingdom of our father David, Hosanna in the highest. Verse 11, and he entered Jerusalem and went into the temple. And when he looked around at everything, as it was already late, he went out to Bethany with the twelve. Now let's turn briefly, we're going to look to another passage here. Let's turn briefly to an Old Testament passage from Zechariah 9, verse 9, to read the prophetic word that has come to pass in what we just read in Mark 11. So Zechariah 9, verse 9 says, Rejoice greatly, O daughter of Zion. Shout aloud, O daughter of Jerusalem. Behold, your king is coming to you. Righteous and having salvation is he, humble and mounted on a donkey, on a colt, the foal of a donkey. One commentator said this, the Lord was about to do something he had never done before. So picture Jesus as he's entering Jerusalem. He's about to do something he has never done before. Then the quote goes on to say, something he had repeatedly cautioned others not to do for him. He was going to permit his followers to give a public demonstration in his honor. That's significant. Up to this point, he has not allowed his disciples and those around him to act in this way. I find it fascinating. Jesus operated up to this point as he enters Jerusalem, kind of off the grid. Some of us, I hear this, right? I make jokes about it. Some of us love to go off the grid in private. Well, Jesus, he was uh, public in the sense of what he did, nothing hidden, of course. But in this moment, 
he permits his crew, he allows his followers to make known that here comes the Messiah. He didn't stop it. He didn't uh, correct anyone or anything like that. There was nothing to correct, obviously, but he allowed this moment to take place. And it's how we are to see Jesus today when we picture him in this uh, quote-unquote triumphal entry into Jerusalem. It's how we are to praise him today as the Messiah, the King of Kings. Hosanna is often used as a praise term like we did this morning in our vocabulary, but the roots of its meaning are deep. The roots of the meaning of the word Hosanna are deep. Hosanna, as it's written in our text of Mark 11, means save us. Help us, Lord, I pray. Save us, I pray. I kind of translated it this way. Save us today, Yahweh. We are in desperate need of our Savior today. Here's our first thought that I want to share this morning. I'm going to keep it brief. Here's our first one. Promise fulfilled. Or uh, if you want to look at it in a different, different way, you could say the fulfillment of a prophetic promise. So it's a promise fulfilled. In our uh, message opener video today with the donkey Felix, we had some fun with the whole donkey scene, and that's okay. But don't be mistaken. The donkey that's full, this colt, has deep biblical meaning for us today. For this, we can turn back to 1 Kings chapter 1, verse 33. It says, And the king said to them, Take with you the servants of your Lord, of your Lord and have Solomon, my son, ride in my own mule and bring him down to Gideon. This is a kingly animal. Today, this is a, we, when we think of donkeys today, uh, it's a humble animal that carries loads in our eyes, right? Nothing fancy. In these parts, maybe it even keeps the bears away, right? Don't be mistaken. This creature was looked on as an animal fit for a king. Never forget it. The beast was needed to fulfill the messianic prophecy we read about in Zechariah 9, verse 9. I just read it, but I'll read a portion again. It says, Behold, your king is coming to you, righteous and having salvation. Is he humble and mounted on a donkey, on a colt, the full of a donkey? I love the term, humble king. I think that's how we can describe Jesus today. That's our Lord Jesus. Now back to our main thought here. The fulfilled promise. You see, by coming to Jerusalem in this way, Jesus, on a donkey, Jesus declares himself as Israel's king and Messiah. Don't be mistaken. The next thing he does is he on purpose challenged the religious leaders, which sets into motion his arrest trial, and crucifixion. Let me say it again. Jesus, on purpose, by coming on this donkey into Jerusalem, uh, he on purpose challenges the religious leaders. The religious leaders knew the scriptures of Zechariah 9, verse 9, and that would set in mo into motion his arrest, trial, and crucifixion. You can think of it this way. Jesus, just by entering Jerusalem on this day, Palm Sunday, in the People shouting, Hosanna, Hosanna in the highest. He knows that in that moment, there is no turning back to his arrest, trial, and crucifixion. Even to this day, there, to me, is no mistaking the hand of the Lord at work. When Jesus intends to be heard and noticed, he will be. You can't stop him. We can't stop him, right? Think about that. When Jesus intends to be heard and noticed, he will be. 
There's nothing that anyone can do to stop him. One commentator wrote, The Jewish leaders had decided not to arrest him during the feast, but God had determined otherwise. The Lamb of God must die at Passover, right? So even in that moment, the Jewish leaders, they, they wanted him. They, he had a price on his head, so to speak, but even still, God was in control. Jesus would dictate when and what was to happen, just as Scripture had called for it. <laughs> it's interesting. If Jesus had not been uh, uh, arrested during the feast and uh, died on Passover, guess what? He ain't Jesus, right? He's just some guy that died, but he did, and that's part of what makes him our Lord and Savior, the Lamb of God dying at Passover. So our first thought today, fulfilled promise. Never forget that Jesus coming into Jerusalem is a filled prophetic promise of Scripture. Our second thought today is this. Save us now, we pray. I've already mentioned it. Hosanna means save, we pray. Save, we pray. This comes from Psalm 118, verse 25. It says, save us, we pray, O Lord. O Lord, we pray, give us success. Blessed is he who comes in the name of the Lord. We bless you from the house of the Lord. And Jesus enters Jerusalem hearing this proclamation. He knows that people are quoting Psalm 118 as he's coming in. He can hear it. He knows it. He allows them to declare and shout this truth that he is the promised Messiah. Upon his entry to Jerusalem that we celebrate today, we recognize that Jesus openly affirms his, king, his kingship as the son of David. As he is hearing this, save us, O oh pray, Hosanna in the highest. As he's hearing this, it affirms his kingship that he is the son of David. This scene is described today as the triumphal entry. This, however, is a term of ours. The, tri- the triumphal entry, quote-unquote, you'll see it in your Bible as a heading sometimes for some of us. At least it's in mine. That heading, that's just a term that we've given. It's our term that we've made up. One commentator wrote this. An official Roman triumph. Think of it. Jesus in Jerusalem. This is Roman ruled. An official Roman triumph where it was indeed something to behold. When a Roman general came back to Rome after a complete conquest of an enemy... He was welcomed home with an elaborate official parade. In the parade, he would exhibit his trophies of war and the illustrious prisoners he had captured. The victorious general rode in on a golden chariot. Priests burned incense in his honor, and the people shouted his name and praised him. Sound familiar? Except for the prisoners part. The procession ended at the arena where the people were entertained by watching the captives fight with the wild beasts that was a Roman triumph. Sick and twisted all at the same time, right? Our, our Lord's Jesus' triumphal entry was nothing like that, but it was a triumph just the same. He was God's anointed King and Savior, but His conquest would be spiritual and not military. A Roman general had to kill at least 5,000 enemy soldiers to merit a triumph. But in a few weeks, the gospel would conquer some 5,000 Jews and transform their lives. That's in Acts 4, verse 4. You see, Christ's triumph, quote-unquote, would be the victory of love over hatred, truth over error, 
and life over death. We can relate a lot to these people that are around Jesus. We, I don't think we like to admit it sometimes, but we actually would like a powerful military force kind of savior where he comes and destroys everything. We actually kind of wish that even in our current days. There's an element where we wish that Jesus would come and make all this mess right around us. That's not how he comes. It's not how, it's not how he came and it's not how he comes now. Christ's triumph would be the victory over love, over hatred, truth over error, and life over death. The victory exists to this day. Christ's triumph is the victory of love, right? Giving his life for you and for me. Victory over love, over hate. You see, the truth over error. And yes, he gave up his life so that you and I could give up could have, he gave up his life so that you and I could have life in eternity with him. We can't get to eternity without Jesus. It's impossible. Don't try it. I'm serious. We cannot get there without him. He is the Lamb of God who's come to take the sins of the world. The blood of the Lamb sacrificed for you. Jesus, the Lamb of God, was sacrificed for you. I know he was sacrificed for me as well. Do any of us deserve the sacrifice that he's made for us? <laughs> nope. <laughs> Not one of us. Here's where we're going to kind of round off today. Here's, our, here's our, our last thought. Do what Jesus says. Do what Jesus says. There's a few different directions we could go, of course, with this passage today. But I'd like us to, to direct us to the words of Christ in Mark 11. In our text today, we have the picture of this donkey. These are the actual words of Jesus when he's, when he's saying, go get the donkey and just take it. They're all, it's all good, right? Felix, apparently. In our text today, we have the picture of this donkey. Jesus tells his disciples to go and grab it. Of course, he gives it back. We know that. For us, there is a simple truth that we learn. It's an old truth, I think. Do what Jesus says. Do what he says. All of us inside are probably like, yeah, no problem. You know it, Pastor Jay. We're just going to do what he says. Well, isn't it hard to live it out? To just do what he says. This morning, my alarm went off. I get up extra early on Sundays for me. It's not as early as some of you, I know that. And I turned, I hit the snooze button on my alarm. And I've been reading, I've been uh, watching these studies where it's like, apparently once you wake up, you're supposed to get up, because otherwise you go back into some weird sleep pattern and it's like you're all messed up, right? Which a lot of us do, like me. So I, I was there and I'm like, oh, the alarm went off, snooze, hit it. And I think... Jesus has taken matters into his own hands. Because he just kind of kicks me out of bed now. Right? Like, get up. Get out of there. Right? Isn't it hard to live out these words? Do what Jesus says. Do what Jesus says. Someone challenged me this week, so I had an opportunity to stand up to the challenge. And I did, 
and now I'm going to pay for it. <laughs> Do what Jesus says. For some of us, this means that we need to die to our own ambitions and ideologies because his ways are higher than ours. For some, that's actually giving financially to God's kingdom, not just a drop, but a downpour. Bridget actually touched on it earlier. For some of us, that means that we will actually keep ourselves pure from sexual immorality. For some, it will require sacrifice, something that we haven't maybe done before in honor of the Lord and his kingdom. You see, church, we need to be people that are more like Jesus. As you know, I'm getting old. Every year, I get older. If you don't believe me, ask my offspring. Right? You're so old. Yeah. You know what? Something I've learned that kind of keeps me going in life? I need to be more like Jesus. And you know what? As I get older, into my ancient years, of course. So I've taken some of you off. It's okay. But as we get older, what, do I le- what have I learned? That we need to continue to be more like Jesus. Right? It doesn't end. It doesn't, well, I'm, I'm old enough now. It's good. I don't need to be more like Jesus. It doesn't end. We need to be people that are more like Jesus. Every single one of us. I think sometimes you can actually potentially sense my frustration when I'm speaking. To be honest, I'm not the best at hiding my emotions. Sometimes that works in my favor. And sometimes, when in our case, I'm your pastor, it makes it difficult for our relationship. But let me say this truth one more time. I think you should be getting it by now. We need to be people that are more like Jesus. And we just do what he says. That's it. We do what he says. Well, what does he say, Pastor? Just read the four Gospels. Matthew, Mark, Luke, and John. Do everything it says in those books. And I won't have any problems with any of us. Someone told me not so long ago that there was a time in our church history, this church, not just the vague church, the, the, the world church, the Canadian church. No, no. This church where people didn't say it, but they acted like they were some kind of model or perfect Christian. That grieves me. That's so messed up. It's a lie. There's one perfect person, and his name is Jesus. That's it. Today we remember that he came on that kingly donkey. People celebrated, yet Jesus knew within days He'd be passed over to be uh, passed over by some of these people to be crucified. Church, do what Jesus says. His triumph, his victory is over is love over hatred, truth over error, and life over death. Just this week, many of us in our authentic life journals heard the words of Christ. There really is no interpretation needed when you read the book. Just walk out what the book says. 
the areas where we are addicted to sin, addicted to temptation, what do we do? Well, we pray. And we pray for forgiveness. God, would you forgive me? Would you heal me of this disease, whatever it may be? Pray that Christ would free us. And that we would walk in the truth that you have been redeemed. We've been redeemed. That's who we are. You see, the love of God is sacred. The love of God is selfless. The love of God is precious. Why? Well, his blood that was shed for us. The love of King Jesus is outrageous. You know this. What can wash away my sin? Well, nothing but the blood of Jesus. What can make me whole again? Nothing but the blood of Jesus. So, do what Jesus says. Do what Jesus says. Obviously, we can't summarize what Jesus says all in this moment. There's a lot that he did say. So today we echo this triumphant moment as Jesus enters Jerusalem. Hosanna. And we can pray, save us, O Lord. Save us, O Lord. That's a prayer we often pray. And today we will again pray, save us, Lord Jesus. Lord Jesus, save us. Give us success. Hear these cries of ours today. We just pay, uh, pray through Psalm 118. Today, just like the Lord Jesus at the end of our passage in Mark 11, verse 11, it says this. And he entered Jerusalem and went into the temple. And when he had looked around at everything at as it was already late, he went out to Bethany with the twelve. In this moment, we actually see Jesus moving to a quieter place, likely for prayer and for rest. And today, I'd like us to shift into a, pr a prayer before our worship team leads us. One more song. Worship team, if you could come. You see, today we're going to pray for forgiveness of sin. None of us have met anyone that is without sin. Not one of us. None of us have met anyone that is without sin except the Lord Jesus. Today we will ask him to forgive us, every one of us. I want to pause here because like Jesus often did, I think we should pause today to pray. Some of it's just been our journaling together, but it's just something Jesus has been speaking to me. I don't know if he's speaking the same thing to you. But you know, I really have been noticing how Jesus takes a lot of time to rest and pray. Has anyone noticed that? He does lots of stuff, obviously, in the scriptures. But he takes a lot of time to rest and pray. In our world and society, that's tough. Most of us don't take time to breathe, let alone pause. Well, today we're going to. I don't have the words to pray, literally. Sometimes I write our prayers down so that I can say them nicer. And I, and I touch certain, on certain subjects, but I, I don't have any words to pray today. But we're going to ask for Jesus to forgive us. We're going to pray for forgiveness. Our prayer is going to be, Jesus, would you come to forgive us today? Would you take away our sins? And after we conclude praying, the worship team is going to lead us 
and this song, Lamb of God, who takes away our sins. Not sure what it is, but I've spiritually become a little agitated. I haven't figured out why. So you can, you can pray for me. But just it's been happening for the last month or so, maybe a bit more, I'm not sure. tired of religion and religious games and spinning tires in certain areas. I just want people to hear about Jesus, that he's died on the cross and he's forgiven us, set us free. I reminded just yesterday that so many of us, we just operate in constant fear constant fear of the world around us. Some of us are scared about every single thing. I'm not saying that disrespectfully. I'm just, it's an experience I've had. We don't fear because Jesus is with us. So let's pray. So God today, Jesus King of kings, would you come? Lamb of God, would you come to take away our sins? Jesus, would you remove the sin of fear from our lives? Some of us are so gripped by fear, we've come to the point where we're almost, we're, we're either incapable of doing anything or we're almost incapable of doing anything. We're just so scared. We're scared for our kids, we're scared for our family, just scared, everything. We're scared about our job. We're scared about our finances. We're scared about, uh, you know, where, where our next meal's coming from. We're scared we're going to lose something we possess, whatever it is. God, I pray that you would take that fear away from us and allow us to uh, push us to put our trust completely in you. Jesus, you are the way, the truth, and the life. So God, I pray today, God, would you come? Would you eradicate fear from our lives? Father, when we speak to our, our friends and neighbors, coworkers, whatever it may be, family, God, I pray that there'd be so much faith in our words and our spirit that the people around us would have an increased degree of faith and that fear would dissipate, disappear. So God, forgive us from the spirit of fear in our lives. Forgive us. We don't need to fear anything because you're with us. God, I think of sin today. What is sin? Well, sin is what takes us away from you, Lord. Sin is doing things that are contrary to your will and spirit for our, and your wishes for our lives. God, I pray that jealousy and envy, it's not from you. I pray that it be removed in Jesus' name. God, I pray for sexual immorality. Remove it from our lives in Jesus' name. Take it away. Because we know the truth, and the truth has set us free. 
God, I pray for addiction, that you'd remove it in Jesus' name. It's sin. It takes us away from you. It takes us into a space that you have not created. So remove it from our lives in Jesus' name and the chains of bondage that surround it. Jesus, would you come to forgive us today? Lord, would you forgive us for mismanaging our finances? Would you forgive us for the jealousy that we have towards someone else in our life, whoever that may be? Would you remove it in Jesus' name? Lord, for those that are fatherless today, I'd pray that you would remind them that you are our Father. Our Father in heaven, hallowed be his name. His kingdom come, his will be done on earth as it is in heaven. He gives us today our daily bread. Forgive us our trespasses, O Lord, as we forgive those who trespassed against us. Lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from evil. For yours is the kingdom, the power, the glory, forever and ever. Amen. Remind us of these truths, Lord. So we don't walk around feeling as though we are orphans. But we know and we walk in the position and stance that we are children of God. The Most High God. The one and only God. Father, forgive us if we have ideologies that we've taken on from the world around us that are against the will of God. Principles that we've believed, life principles, we, have, we may have believed or fallen to in some form of temptation or trickery, Lord, that are not from you. Would you forgive us, Lord? So, Lord, today we humble ourselves, just like our humble king, our servant king, comes on today what is the, one of the most humble animals. Just as you've come on that donkey, Hosanna, save us today, Lord. Save us today, Lord. We pray this in your mighty and holy name, Lord Jesus. Father, as the worship team leads us, would you minister through this song as we lift up our voices to you once again. In Jesus' name, everyone said,